A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio, made from local and imported ingredients. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some films just need fixing. Today we're looking at Twilight. Time of day, yeah, yeah specifically <laughs> that. Um, just, so th- this was a, uh, a Patreon requested uh, episode. Wait, is it? Yep. I just wrote this of my own volition. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how fortuitous! <laughs> well, all right then. <clears throat> I mean, no, I didn't. I was forced to. I don't think <laughs> about Twilight <laughs> on a daily basis. Shut up. Well, everyone no. thinks about Twilight on a daily basis because it gets there on a daily. It, that's true. It happens. Yes, it's my I'm going to stop with the Twilight dates. They're, they're not good. <laughs> to be completely honest, this, this was actually it's, this is not an especially detailed pitch because as I was working on it, every time I wrote Edward and Bella, a little part of me died. <laughs> like it was actually really difficult to write mm. a detailed Twilight pitch. Like in, you know, in the past, like I, I have a lot of trouble pitching things that I don't care about or like mm-hmm. and while i relatively I, I guess i think that like my twilight <clears throat> pitch is actually quite strong as far as twilight goes mm-hmm. it was very hard to invest in this one it fair was enough very yeah. very hard to invest like i've got i've got a very traumatic history with twilight like yeah. i i sort of i read it in 2008 right before the movie came out so it was right before it really exploded and it was a high school girlfriend who made me read it uh-huh. and i remember distinctly like i i read it because at the time it was right before twilight had become so big that people were like starting to really turn on in droves and not enough people knew what it was for there to be kind of a lot of backlash against it yeah so at the time i read it and i knew it was quite popular i knew it was becoming bigger and your movie was coming out and i was sort of thinking oh this might be like the new harry potter the new kind of thing harry potter had just finished at that point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i read it and i just remember thinking this is fucking bog this is a shit <laughs> book. Like it's oh. at the time I sat there thinking this is literally just 101 ways to say Edward Cullen is amazing. And the whole book yes. is just Edward Cullen is amazing. Yes. Edward Cullen is amazing. Yes. Edward Cullen is amazing. And then Incorrect. it gets to a certain point near the end where you can see the exact moment where Stephanie Meyer goes, oh, ah, oh, shit. I forgot to put a plot in this book. <laughs> okay. Um, fuck, 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 fuck. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Okay. Um, sweet. Uh, three evil vampires. And I'm going to bring in three evil vampires. And one of them is going to want to kill Bella. And then and as I was reading, I was thinking, oh, and this is bear in mind, like the last quarter of the book. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is picking up. And like, you know, then she has to go and like hide in a hotel and they're protecting her. And Edward and the others are like going to hunt the vampires. And I was like, this is pretty good. And then it gets to the point where, you know, Bella goes, I'm going to go and face off against that evil vampire by myself. And I'm like, oh, agency, that's nice. Mm-hmm, and I kept mm-hmm. reading. And then it gets to the point where Bella's going to like face off against the vampire. And there's a bit of tension. I'm thinking, okay, this is, <clears> this is all right. And then you can, again, see the exact moment where Stephanie Meyer goes, oh, 
shit, I actually don't have the talent to write this scene. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to have Bella be knocked out before the climactic fight and literally wake up with Edward Cullen being like, oh, there was an epic fight and like we all fought this vampire and I ripped his head off, but uh, you were unconscious. Wait, 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 Sorry. wait. It's been a while since I've read them. Yeah. Is that, is that what fucking happens? That's what fucking happens. Is that really what happens? Christ Almighty! The movie showed the fight scene. Yeah, yeah. The, and and by the way, I did. I didn't watch the movie for like a few years, and it was um. I think it was 2010. I was on a like really long flight, and I was coming back from Austria, and I was by myself, and I was sitting on the plane, and I was a little bit drunk, and I just kind of looked at the ah, plane screen, plane and the drunk. first three Twilight movies were out, and I was like, <clears throat> you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to do it. And I, I had no reason to. I had no interest in like continuing the franchise, mm. no investment, no nothing. I actively disliked the book. And I was like, nah, fuck, I'm going to do it. And so I watched all three Twilight movies that were at the time back to back. <laughs> and at first I was watching the first one being like, this is shit. This is fucking awful. I hate it. By the end of the third one, I was so drunk and so jet lagged. I was like, no, she can't be with the werewolf. She's got to be with the vampire. They're destined to be together. And I stepped off the plane being like, I am never going to tell anybody that story. Well, thankfully no but, one listens to this show. Yeah, so yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> good. We're safe. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I, I've read them all. Mm. Uh, because I'm a completist, mm. so I, I read it probably about 2007, 2008, and the cover of the version that I read didn't have the apple on it. It had a gothic girl standing at the front of a locker. It didn't look like you know the you know the one with the yeah. hands yeah, yeah, and the yeah, apple. Yeah, yeah it wasn't, apparently it was, the model who was that like the, the like the model who took the apple whole hands. Apple she kind of went batshit insane and dr- really tried to capitalize on the fact that she was the woman who was holding that apple. It was the hands of Twilight. Yeah. All right. Then. Anyway, is that a Could like work. Instagram slash Twitter? Basically, I don't know. I just remember like, reading somewhere like she was like, "Look how famous I am because I held an apple on this cover." Like, good luck to her, I guess. Anyway, and then you had a million and one, a million and one memes of people like cutting out the wrist parts that looked like a naked ass bent over. It did. Yes, yes, they yes. were everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, goth girl on a locker. Yeah. So the the book when I picked it up, I was like, oh, okay. And I read it, and I gave it to my mate Dave, and he read it. Tom and Dave, two names of people that would definitely read Twilight. <laughs> yeah. And we're kind of like, essential, mate. yeah, right. Okay. I, didn't, I can't remember. Oh, I clearly can't remember it because I don't remember it being knocked out for the final fight. Oh, no, I, I was. But I, I kind of read it. It was like, oh, that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and then for whatever reason, I just found myself reading all of the other books. <laughs> and... I don't know why I did that to myself. Neither do I, because I couldn't keep going. I had, like, a friend of mine who was, like, was my best friend at the time, and she was, like, you have to she, – she started reading them, and she was obsessed, and she was, like, you have to read the second one. Oh, it gets so good. And I was just, like, no. I'm not – No, thank you. No, not thanks. I don't need to go through more of that. What is with – like, it's – it's I don't know, but ever since Harry Potter, we've we've seen as a sort of collective of human beings just to have – to decide once something has dis- disappeared, there's a void, and we have to fill it. And we seem to be doing this with tween books. And so we're like, all right, Harry Potter's gone. All right, well, what's the next one? And then we're like, okay, it's fuck it, it's this book. Twilight, and then Twilight. And, and then it was like Hunger Games. And then for a while it was fucking Fifty Shades of Grey. But, uh, but they're, different, they're totally different markets because like Harry Potter sort of was targeted at initially younger mm. readers who sort of grew up with the series, whereas Twilight was very much tween girls. Yeah. And yeah. that was very much and it. And guys Hunger in Geelong named Tom and Dave. Tom and yes. Dave, yeah. And whereas, but Hunger Games also tween I, girls. No, no, I think Hunger Games was actually quite no, across mate. the board because like my no, little brothers mate. got me into Hunger Games. Like I started, and, no, I, I think I 
I started reading Hunger Games because M was like, "You should read this." So I started reading it. It took me th- to the third book, to the like maybe second chapter, to realize my brain being like, "This isn't written for you. It's written for a teen girl." And I went, "Good point, brain. Let's stop I this." I read all three books in a weekend. I think. Yeah, they're not I, good. I they're easy to read. Them. Oh, very easy. Very easy to read. But like, I quite enjoyed are, the books. To be they honest, are yeah. clearly, the first one clearly was the best, for a. But oh, I like them. I think, I think the movies are crap. But oh, I and really how? Liked, yeah, I really yeah. like the books. Never for what it's worth. Don't think I will. Twice, just go back and reread Harry Potter and be like, well, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to go back and reread Twilight. I was going to reread Harry Potter and then I read the synopsis of Cursed Child and I was like, No, I'm oh, on board. No, I am so on board of that. that. It's bad fan fiction. No, no guys, don't be mean. Why? I'm saying I'm on board. It's- I'm still going to read it. I know, but you're, like, you're, it, you're, you're a glutton for punishment. I am, I am that. Which is I've why I'm amazed you didn't Twilight read films. the rest of the Twilight book. I yeah. know, right? It's totally out of character. It's it is, very out of, He definitely did. He was drunk on a flight from like Austria <laughs> and the TV didn't have cameras, so he was like, oh, what have you got? I've got a library. You got the, uh, you got the three Twilight yeah. books, but but put, put put on like a really deep voice when I did it. You got the uh, yeah. you, you got that, uh, that you Twilight shit. Yeah. But this is this is the far-reaching sprawl of the Twilight saga because it is a saga. Yeah. It's you know the prefix at the start of the, all the films, um, which was put there out of fear that audiences audiences wouldn't realize it was another Twilight film if it didn't have the Twilight saga New Moon. Well, it's already got a massive a fan base. People big can phenomenon. People will know what they're in for. Yeah, they yeah. do. I remember but, all like when that came out, all like the news reports and shit of like, like Twilight moms and that yeah. woman who had like the giant back tattoo. Fuck. Oh man, I wonder how she's going. I hope well. I hope that woman is fucking like. Every if you time, are that woman and you're listening oh, to please this, please tell me how you're going. Because like I want you to look every, give, wake up every morning and just check yourself out in like a mirror, like just your head kind of turned around, just to look at like. The moon and Edward and fucking Balor and just be like, fuck, I made a good see, life choice. What I'm what I'm gonna throw back at you, like you, you mentioned before that um that whole thing about how we need to find things to fill a yes. void. I don't know. I, I think that's true. I think there are definitely literary phenomenons that <clears throat> happen and and big enormous ones. Mm. But I believe they're ge- they're actually generally all for different target audiences. Like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, was huge, and that's not for the same audience as Harry Potter or Twilight. But is it, it, no, no, it is because it cashed in on because that's the point I was going to make. On, it cashed in on the Twilight it, mums it. because, as we all know, the legend of Fifty Shades of Grey, it's Twilight fan fiction. Yeah, it, absolutely. It started. It's more, it's out, we have a literary phenomenon. For, yeah, yeah, but it started you, out as fan fiction. Exactly. And again, amazing. it was it was, like, it was really to do amazing. with um, the people who maybe read Twilight and grew up. Well, yeah, there you go. But. That'd be my my kind of, uh, but also uh, Twilight Mums and that, Twilight Mums. Yeah. I had a, a woman in my uh, oh, uni. Fuck, why do we have like Harry Potter Mums back in the day? Fuck. No, we've got Damn them now. We're kids named like Hermione and shit. <laughs> I've actually started to. Yeah, I, I love Harry Potter. I really do. Are but... you about? Are you hang on. Are you about to say something that's going to make me crawl across this table and slap you? It depends on what's going to make you crawl across this table and slap me. Just think about it. <laughs> I'm just gonna say no, no, no. I'm doing wrong. Like I, I, I reservedly love Harry Potter. I really do. That, you're about to say the word "but," which means that anything you've said before is irrelevant. No, I'm just saying that people, people of our age who are Harry Potter fans who don't shut up about it on social media, I hate. Okay, no, that's cool. there seems to be like this new trend for people that's just fair. like constantly putting up like Harry. I think it's like a, this weird like nostalgia thing that seems to be happening with people of our generation, where like they're just sharing endless like Harry Potter memes and stuff about like how amazing Harry Potter stuff is and everything. It's just like it's getting to the point where I'm like. Nostalgia was, was in every generation. It must, look, at, well, look at fucking we're, we're happy only days. Into the time where it's, right. I guess, starting to be that hugely was prevalent. Nostalgic yeah, when, when our parents then, would mm. send memes to one another in the post. Yes. Of, check out this really great Fonzie meme I found, <laughs> Declan. <laughs> but 
Twilight. De- the classic fucking 1960s, 70s name, Declan. Yep, sure. <laughs> all right. Twilight. But look, I mean, I can, okay, like, as far as it goes, like, I can appreciate all the, but look, mm. exactly what you said before about Hunger Games or Zamet. I can appreciate all the flaws in Twilight. I can appreciate that it's terribly written. I can appreciate yeah. that, like, it's got weirdly old fashioned, antiquated gender roles. I, He's- like, it's. The it's soundtracks kind of, by Evanescence. It's like Super Edward good. and Bell's relationship is kind of fucked up. The vampires sparkle. Um, when you actually stop and think about it, there's no real sense of. I mean, because I think the tension of Twilight ostensibly should come from the fact that it's, oh yeah, he wants to eat her, and you know, what if he kills her and she's in love with him? And but but we also know that like he he's a vampire who doesn't eat people. Mm-hmm. So really, the tension, any tension or sense of stakes, is k- kind of okay. deceptive, which is why they have to keep like forcing in all these like external threats uh. that feel really superfluous because it's clearly not what Stephanie Meyer is interested in. And it's, but at the same time, I can totally appreciate the fact, like you said with Hunger Games, it is not written for me. Mm. Like it is absolutely not written for me. So what I've done, disclaimer, is write a Twilight film that I could conceivably enjoy. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is... And like when I when I do these like pitches and fixing films and everything, I actually kind of prefer to keep as much of the original material as possible, or at least in the same and spirit of. Ex- and I've kept, I've I've definitely thrown out the spirit, but I've okay. kept quite a few of the plot points. Right, and okay. I've pretty much um to. Because I was going to gonna say, is this like is it an adaptation or is it one of them like very loose adaptations? It's a. Very, it's the okay. It's a reimagining. It's a reimagining of Twilight, of Twilight basically, right. and it's pretty much like it's actually quite a, kind of an easy fix to turn Twilight into something that's actually compelling, and very simply that just requires returning to the core premise as it stands with everything else taken away from it. So, the core premise is a girl falls in love with a vampire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let's stop for a second and really think about what that means. Okay. Like not the shitty fucking deer hunting baseball-playing vampires, sparkling vampires of Twilight, but an actual vampire. So, like, a, a Nosferatu kind of thing? Not that, but, like, he can still be handsome, he can still be sexy, he can still be all well, of that. Well, va- vampires traditionally mm. were, like, Nosferatu's ugly, but, like, Dracula's described as being yeah, handsome like, boy. a handsome mofo because the idea was that a woman would see a vampire well, and be, like... they have to be attractive. Well, they had to be, they're basically Venus flytraps. They've got to look yeah. pretty so you get close to them and they kill you. It's yes. And also, like, the whole vampire thing is super sexual. Oh, fuck like, yeah. Look at Twilight. The whole thing is they never have sex in the last book, and that's what people kind of will make. Well, yeah, that's the whole, like, puncturing of the skin. Yeah, the puncture of the skin, white skin, yeah. blood, yeah. the fact that it's like the nape of the neck, which is a fairly sensuous. <sighs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never thought I'd say the word sensuous ever. I'm sorry, but Dad. He, um, <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, it, it's a very sexual thing. thing. Like, and, like, he's got these brides of Fran- um, not Frank, sorry, brides of Dracula yeah. where there's, you know. Vampires are sexy. Yeah. Vampires are sexy. I'll say, I'll fuck a vampire. You've got, you got to think about it. Like, like okay, so in Twilight, even in the Twilight as it exists, <laughs> this guy's up almost 100 years old and has killed lots and lots of people. Mm-hmm. Like, lots of people. And she's just cool with that. And then there's the sort of other thing. Like, I remember in the back of the Twilight book I read, they had the first chapter of the version she was going to write, but I don't think ever did, where it was Twilight from Edward Cullen's perspective. <laughs> Yeah. And you read the scene where he first meets Bella and it's in, you know, they're in the school and he's kind of acting really strange and she's kind of thinking, oh, fuck, this guy really hates me. And in reality, he's like trying to control himself. And when you read this chapter from his perspective, I remember reading it and thinking, that's a book I might actually read because it's him literally saying, how quickly can I kill everyone in this room to get to her? How quickly can I kill everyone, kill her, get back to my family, tell them to leave and get out of here because I'm going to lose control and I'm going to kill her. And then it's him calculating how quickly he can snap the necks of everyone in the room. <laughs> Are you are you saying, Gabe, that you're basically writing Twilight as if Hannibal Lecter was Edward Cullen? 
you know what? <laughs> I didn't think it before, but now that you say that, the changes I've made to his character are pretty Ooh. much Hannibal Lecter. So Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. Yeah, okay, so imagine like a younger Mads Mikkelsen. Done. Um, okay, so let's let's launch into the plot. So first up, we're going to meet Bella Swan, much like we do originally, but she's not the insipid Bella Swan of the book. She's. I want us to like her, and she's a bit different. She's smart, she's withdrawn, she's occasionally sarcastic, and just doesn't fit in anywhere. She's probably a bit ahead of her time, probably heavily bullied at her school, and there is a sense we get from her of an undercurrent of rage. A character who has been downtrodden her whole life. Her mum is this shit kicker, like, running around with multiple different partners and doesn't really give a shit about her. Her dad, I'm going to turn to a bit of an alcoholic no-hoper who just kind of sits in front of the TV drinking and watching sports and neither of her parents have any time for him. That's okay. She's self-sufficient. She can look after herself, unlike Stephanie Meyer's Bella Swan. But that doesn't change the fact that there is a lot of resentment in her for the way she's been treated Mm. all through her life, not just by her parents, but by people in school. The fact that people just do not seem to understand her. It's not that she needs people to understand her, but she resents the fact that people target her. Exactly. So, um... She moves to this. She moves to this new town and goes to this new school, and basically, and this is, I think, is a really big change in the original book and movie. She's kind of pessimistic about it. I like the idea that she's quite optimistic. Like she's thinking, I'm going to come to this new school and things are going to change. I'm moving away from my mum. I'm going to reconnect with my dad. I'm going to reconnect with this, and I'm going to find a niche, and I might actually be able to find a place for myself. And so she's hoping for the best. First, it's okay, you know, like in the movie, we can have her finding a group of friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We can have her meeting Edward the same way in the classroom and he's like tense and kind of flipping out and sort of staring at her and she's like, what the fuck is up with this guy? But she's weirdly compelled by him. Now let's introduce a new character, um, a, a bully. Let's call her <laughs> Jess. Sorry, let's, like, let's call him uh, uh, Gabe. Uh, yeah, something like that. A very handsome, extremely muscular. I think there is muscular. a character called Jess in the actual type. I don't remember. Anyway, this Jess Isn't is Isn't that Anna bully. Kendrick in the film? I, maybe. I don't remember. I don't want to hear a bad word about Anna Kendrick. Anyway, so this isn't Anna Kendrick. This All is right. um, <laughs> this is some other person. Um, anyway, so she's a bully and she might befriend Bella at first and then starts to target her. You know, names in the hallway, yeah. rumours behind her back, tripping her up, Stephanie. things like that. Stephanie, yeah, sweet. Hey. Okay, cool, Stephanie. Um, and Stephanie pretty much makes Bella's life hell. Day after day... All of this, targeting her, making her miserable. And while Bella keeps her head down and keeps cool with it and never reacts and never bites back, we can see this rage Mm. and hatred slowly starting to bubble up because she has dealt with this shit for her whole life. And now she's tried to make a new start. She's tried to be fine. She's tried to stay under the radar. And people still will not leave her the fuck alone. Mm. Meanwhile, she starts talking to Edward more and more. And we see scenes where, you know, he comes back to her and he might apologize for his behavior and just say, oh, look, I was sick or something like that. And they start to talk and they start to get on. They start to relate. Now, she, for the first time, feels like she's got an anchor. She's got somebody to connect to. And they talk and they get on. They have the same sense of humor. They make each other laugh. And crucially, while we're watching their relationship unfold, we're watching a meeting of equals. We're watching two people who are on the same level, who connect because she's way older than her years and he's probably way younger than his years in a lot of ways because he's been eternally frozen as a 17-year-old and they start to kind of come together. But while she thinks I might have a friend here and I might have someone to connect to, whenever this Stephanie girl is targeting her, he's never around. He's never around. He's always missing. And maybe she starts to resent that a little bit. And he always seems to kind of be holding her at arm's length. And then one day Stephanie disappears. <laughs> I there was a I 
got a bit of a oh hey up my spine. So uh, yeah, one day Stephanie disappears and. Word kind of spreads throughout the whole school. And again, Bella just keeps her head down, doesn't address it, doesn't say anything about it. But secretly, she is pleased as fucking punch. She is very, very happy about this. And then we can keep pretty much as it was in the movie, the van scene, where the van almost crushes Bella and Edward stops it. Mm -hmm. And Bella's like, okay, something's up. And then she starts to realize, you know, the place is always cloudy. You know, he's never out in sunlight. He always kind of seems to avoid it. He always sticks the shadows. He's pale. He's... and. She's seen that he's got, like, this superhuman strength. And basically, I don't remember how she did it in the movie, but it even pretty much happened the same way. She looks into it. She starts investigating. She slowly starts to figure it out. Her suspicions start to grow, and we can come to the same scene in the forest where he says, say it. And she's like, she thinks he's a vampire. And then but, she but asks not him, as lame as that scene. No, 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 no. Imagine it, but, like, well-written. So, <laughs> basically. I think that you're like, you're, it, say, you're a mutant. <laughs> no, 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 sweetheart, I'm a vampire. So it comes oh, up somehow. And basically he reveals that he's a vampire. <laughs> yep. And then Bella asks him, did you, did you kill Stephanie? And he kind of looks at her. He sort of cocks his head to the side. He says, I thought you'd be pleased. <laughs> and she kind of <laughs> shakes her head. She's like, no, no, you, you killed someone. And well, he goes, Come, comes to the territory. I don't really have any choice. And she's like, so you, you kill people? And he's like, yes. And she kind of pauses and she goes, how many people have you killed? And Edward kind of smiles wryly and he says, how often do you need to eat? <laughs> I love it. And Bella feels sick and she feels scared and she tries to stay composed. And she's like, Could, couldn't, you, couldn't you eat animals or something? And Edward laughs. He goes, you think I didn't try that? I'm 100 years old. When I first turned, I hated myself for this, but it's been a very long time. There isn't much I can do about it. And I figure if there is a God and he made man, he must have made vampire as well. And that's the food chain. We're ahead. Mm. And it's as simple as that. And there's nothing I can do about I, it. I like bringing the religious thing. I think, oh, it's, really I think it's a key part of the vampire mythos and it should be there. A devoutly religious vampire. Yeah. And would would you have him still be a hundred? Because I've always I, I've always hated the fact that he was a hundred in high school. He could be younger. Like he I, could I be, would much prefer. Maybe he could be. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind. Anyway, the point is he has killed lots and lots of people. But what I want the difference with him is that like in the movie he kind of is basically a, seven, a frozen seventeen year old, and he's like even though he resents himself for having killed people, he still just resents himself as much as any shitty angsty seventeen year old would. Mm. I don't want him to be like that. Again, like the Hannibal Lecter thing, I want him to be a bit just distant and disconnected and intelligent, a bit philosophical, and has quite a zen outlook towards okay. this. Because if, if we imagine that he's been killing people for years on end, mm. he's got no real guilt left. He's got no real anything left. That's just the way it is, and that's the life he's known. He's got no choice. Yeah, I, I'd make and, him a vampire. He's only been a vampire for 10 years. Because yeah, for me, even, even, that, like, even that works. Yeah, like in that if case, he's 100 years old and he has still not really grown, then to me, how is well, it? Well, the, the thing is there's a, there's a reason he's in the high school, and we'll get to that. Right. But basically, <laughs> I've just he, I'm, less I, a, I think, I'm less picking flaws on your thing and more picking flaws. No, on that's, that's fine. That Look, let's say maybe he could be like hey, he's been a vampire for twenty years or something. Yeah, it also see, makes it less creepy. It, it does make it less creepy, but I like the idea of like vampires fighting in World War Two. Yeah, like it's like you know you just imagine it's like all right, we're gonna go in and take that they take that building. No, no, we're not gonna do it. Why not? Oh, the the V unit are, we're, yeah. we're going to wait till five going o'clock and they're going to go in and clear the castle out and we'll go in tomorrow. Oh, okay. And it's like they go in the next day and it's just like bodies everywhere. <laughs> and sparkly little Edward. 
<laughs> He's not sparkling. There's no sparkling. Oh, um, but okay. anyway, so <laughs> that was my favorite part, Gabe. Shut up, Tom. <laughs> um, so basically, we, Dave's favorite we have this. We have this Edward who is a bit disconnected, a bit distant, basically a bit separate from everything else because of his vampirism. Mm. Much like Bella is, mm. bit of an outsider, mm. bit different, mm. and. Basically, but Bella is still, you know, she's still a person. She's still a 17-year-old girl. As much, like, anger and resentment and everything she has, she still is put off by this. She has a soul. And she has a soul. And she's horrifying. She's like, you're, you're a murderer. Ned was like, well, are you any different when you eat a steak? Like, you're still killing something with, you mm. know, a living thing with feelings. Like, it's what's the difference? It's if I'm ahead of you in the food chain, then that's what it is. And that's how it goes. And so Bella's like, well, what about me? And Edward goes, well, I like you. <laughs> so here's the thing. Now we find Bella confronted with an impossible quandary. Because this crush of hers is a murderer, a bloodthirsty, unrepentant monster. But what's more, he likes her, which begs one very, very scary question. What happens if he stops? Mm. I'm getting like, I'm getting fucking goosebumps over here. Just uh... <laughs> I'm really worried because I've got so, my back to the window that's um, <laughs> just going to... Someone pulling you out, yep. yeah. So things continue to play out, and Bella begins to spend more and more time with Edward. And But the sense we're going to get hanging over this, and it can be romantic and there can be sexual tension, but the sense we get is that maybe she's not 100% there because she wants to be. Maybe this is a self-preservation thing. Because if she gives him any reason mm. to stop liking her and stop connecting with her... He might eat her. He might eat her. So the question hanging over all of this is how much of this is Bella actually investing in this relationship and actually connecting with him and how much is she putting on for her own protection? So we see her spend more and more time with Edward. We see her meet his family. She learns more about them. But this time it's not all love and kisses. There's this tension hanging over the whole thing. And he starts. they start to talk and we start to wonder, you know, maybe she does like this. How, how because, did the, how, sorry to inject it. How did the family react to Bella? I think in this much one? like him, they're very zen and disconnected. And they're like, okay. that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Or are they going to be like, years. oh, you've got another pet. I don't think things, that, that could be it. Maybe some of them think that. Maybe you add a bit of conflict in there where some of them think that, some of them don't, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. But here I think there's this part of her where this downtrodden, bullied, fragile girl has found somebody who is there for her mm. and is willing to not only fight for her but kill for her. And there is part of her that kind of likes that. So Bella starts to learn more about the family. She starts to learn that they move around every few months. They prey predominantly on drifters and the elderly because Edward's father works in an old folks' home. And they pick off the people who no one's going to miss, the oldies, the dying, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, yep, yep. I like it. He's still a doctor then. While He's still a doctor, yep. And while the blood of the sick and the elderly can sustain them, Every now and then they like to treat themselves, hence Edward being in the school. Oh, oh my God. And the sister's in the school too. Yep. Oh, because yep. young blood oh. gives him a real creepy reason to be there. Yep. Okay. And if he's also a new student. And stu- the more Bella learns, yeah. the more she's pulled into this and cannot back out. Because you can even have like fucking Edward being in the school also kind of a recent addition. Like, yeah. As well. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, and the more Bella finds out, uh, the more horrified she becomes, yeah. the more pulled into it she is, and the more she is stuck. So she falls deeper and deeper into this world. And we start to wonder how far gone she actually is. Is she committing to this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Does she love And finally, this guy? Edward suggests, 
I could turn you. And Bella refuses. That's, she doesn't want to be like him. This, I, I like this, that. That always annoyed me in the books that she's like, yeah, oh, yeah I want to be real fucked up like you are. Uh, nah, don't. That's a bad idea. And then for well, four books, she's like, nah, do it. Nah, do it. Nah, do it. It's uh, like, okay. I think, okay. Well, I, now we, we flip yeah. it. So now it's him saying, well, because to him it's like, because he doesn't, he doesn't, this Edward does not hate what he is. Mm. He's been this long enough that he's. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Made peace with it. He doesn't resent it. He's just like, yeah, fine. And he's like, well, you know, you can be like me and then we can be together. And but Bella refuses. And this kind of gives Edward pause and he's like, well... But then I'll stay young forever and you'll grow old and die. How committed can she really be if that's the case? So as Edward starts to question the situation and Bella's fear starts to grow, this is when we bring in the three evil vampires. And we can do it in a different way. It's, they're not going to be playing baseball. I don't know how. But anyway, they come in and they come to rendezvous with the Cullens because maybe vampires meet up when they're in the area and hunt together or something. I don't know. Anyway, these three vampires turn up and same as in the well, book. Isn't, isn't that the, the premise... In the film, I'm pretty sure is that they're in the area and they know that mm. Cullens are there. On the note of the Cullens, we're talking young Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen could just play Carlisle. Yeah, exactly. Why not? <laughs> Make him. Like, I just, yeah. Oh. So three evil vampires turn up. And again, same as in the film slash book, one of them becomes very obsessed with Bella. Tension grows. Edward and his family start to get worried because they've sort of made the choice that we're accepting her as one of her own. Edward might have told the family separately, I'm going to turn her. So I'm going to groom her and get her ready. And then I'm going to turn her. And once we can separate her from her family and have her quietly disappear, then we'll do it. But now, so maybe Edward's already said that. And now Bella's turning around saying, I don't want that. And that's starting to create a bit of tension. But then these vampires come in and throw that out the window. So the family, like we have to protect her. So much the same, they can move around. Edward and the others can go and hunt her. They can have Bella hiding somewhere and they take her into hiding while Edward tries to hunt them down. And then same as in the film and book, Bella decides to go and face off against his vampire by himself, by herself, setting up a time and place to meet him. And she goes there. It can be the ballet school, same as it was, which I think it was in the book and film. She goes there presumably to to save Edward and sacrifice herself. But as she faces him, instead of being knocked out, 
we have Edward and the family turn up at the right time and a huge fight ensues and it's violent and it's bloody and Edward kind of screams at Bella, get out, get out of here, get out. And she runs and she runs out of the building and in the moment she's clear, she turns around with a completely cold expression, reaches into her pocket, takes out a box of matches, lights one and drops it on a trail of gasoline that she's left there. Leading all the way back to the building and setting the whole thing on fire. And as Bella stands and watches, completely impassive, everything ignites and the cries of fighting inside turn to screams of pain as Edward and his family are consumed by the blaze. Bella watches, completely stony-faced. She's free. And she turns to leave, but apparently... There was a hidden gas tank or something in the building because it blows up and she is thrown meters. And we cut through a weird montage of like fucked up imagery and sort of flashes of different things that can be very warped and dreamlike and strange. And we come to Bella lying in a bed. And eyes still closed, she groans. And we hear Edward's voice. Relax, he says. You're okay. What happened, she manages. The building caught fire, Edward says. I've saved you. It's all right, we were okay, we're vampires, but you were hurt. Bella opens her eyes and they're red. <laughs> and she sits up and she looks down at her pale hands and she looks over at Edward and behind him the whole family is standing there just smiling at her, almost welcoming. And a look of momentary grief crosses Bella's face as realisation hits. She closes her eyes and takes a deep breath. How do you feel? Edward asks. Hungry, she says. <laughs> the end. Oh. Oh. oh, my God. Fuck, you've turned the vampires into oh. cults. It's good. Yep. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Because I, I don't know, man. I, I was looking at it and I was thinking, okay, point A, you're talking about a teenage girl realising that she's fallen in love or at least fallen into some kind of relationship with this 100-year-old murderer, or mm. younger maybe, I don't know. And 75. Secondly, <laughs> I kind of wanted to give Bella some actual agency, and I love the idea that she gets in there with the plan of setting a trap and taking them all out. Mm. Yeah. But, of course, it fucks up. She doesn't know enough about vampires. She doesn't know that they'd be fine yeah. with the thing burning down and everything. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or yeah, there was but, a gas tank there. But, or Exactly. Just so she, she fucks up. Yeah. Which is fine. She's 17 she's, or 16 exactly. or however old she is. Because that's... Uh... And then the tragedy of it becomes that she fell into it and the one thing she was trying to avoid, which was getting pulled into it, happened mm-hmm. against her will because she fucked up. Yeah. And, and he yeah, tried to and, save and her. And again, you can make that into uh, yeah, sequels and that kind of stuff because then it's all about her going into the family exactly. now. And, and you go from there. Go from there. They may be fine. Uh, and what you, if play, they and ever you find keep out? playing out this relationship yeah. where suddenly in the second one... She resents him because mm. he's turned her. All her problems are still there, but she can't hate him because she's the same. Mm. And then meanwhile, he's sort of the only person who can understand what she's going through and the only person who can be there for her. Mm. And then the second one, maybe you take the fucked up love story to another level where she kind of starts to connect to him. But then there's a mm. the question of like, again, how much again, of the then he find Then he can find he out finds out that about she the, tried to kill mm. them. And then where does it go? Like, can you see this yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. twisted love story progressing over like multiple installments and actually being compelling. Can I? You look insane. <laughs> well, you know, she's got a big old just, grin. She's got a massive manic grin. But I would love to. Eyes this is a blaze. story that I would 
love to follow. Yeah. Like, there is so much potential. Like, as I was writing this, I didn't even think of sequels. I was like, this could be like an indie horror film with yeah, wrap-up at the end. But yeah, it's a very nice little, like, but fuck, man, you could just... Imagine we could go with that. Yeah. Well, could... I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, in my head, if it goes beyond the one kind of indie horror, film four, she kills him at the end. Yeah, or she has to. She has to. Yeah. She kills him. She she either kills him or kills all of them by like one or two of them. Yeah. Probably because you could almost have it that maybe in one of the films, the other the younger sister that she also relates to is like, yeah, same thing. Jasper plucked me. I was a normal person and I didn't want to be a vampire, but here I am. So mm. later on, it's like, let's, let's fuck them up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give the female characters agency in this world. <laughs> Wow, wouldn't that be? No, 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 guys, let's can't do that. Because uh, yeah, it is this sort of weird thing where I like the idea of him being like, no, no, we're top of the food chain, where it's just like, no, no, we're a fucking disease, we're like yeah. an illness. We and are, and then you some, play out yeah. that conflict because you can have him saying, which I honestly think, if you were to become a vampire, you might like hate it at first, mm. but I think at a certain point, because you know, as as I guess human beings, we are inherently survivalistic we inherently we, we want to live generally unless we're horribly suicidal and so in this case it's like yeah like maybe you could even bring up the question at one point where bella's like did you ever consider killing yourself because you're a monster and he goes yeah i did but i didn't want to die yeah and so then i kind of had to accept it that like the fact is if i am to assume that this is nature and mm. this is or i'm assumed to assume this is god's design then i have to assume that like i'm meant to be like this Mm. because what can I do about it? And in that case, I don't have a choice. I have to eat people. Yeah. And that means that I'm just above you in the food chain. Yeah. And that that's it. It doesn't mean that I hate humans. It doesn't mean that I want to kill humans. It just means that's how, it that's how it is. That's how yeah, it is. Yeah, that's how it is. Oh. And then you play out that conflict going forward between Bella being like, this is a disease and we're fucked up, mm-hmm. and Edward mm-hmm. being like, no, we're just... And then, and then, but, and as you played out, like, what if they actually start to kind of be in love and they actually are connected, but then these, these fucking movie three divide them? Yeah. <laughs> so much you can do with it. Yeah. Would, uh, would fans of the book have liked this, though? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. They would hate it. Not necessarily. Not... I'm sure there would be people out oh, there, there who'd be, be like, yeah, well, yep, yeah, I'm on board. Like, Clearly, even though you just came up with this, the person who requested this, I would dig, might probably dig this because they wanted it fixed, right? Yeah. Well, that you, you wouldn't request it otherwise, I guess. But I, I reckon it's kind of a blanket turn to be like, no, nah, fans of the books would probably hate it. I think particular fans of the books would hate it, but I think there would be a lot of people who'd be like, nah, fuck you, yeah, I'm on board. Because you can still keep elements of the book. You can still keep yeah, them being I kept sparkly. quite a bit. I kept yeah, the three yeah, yeah. vampires, I kept the family, I kept the school, the whole, I kept the van. The I kept, yeah, more or less, it's just He's it ends differently and the characters are a bit different. Yeah, I mean, you could also yeah, have the whole sparkly thing also be a part of it. No, you, I mean, if you really wanted to. Because that seems to be a big part of um, that world. <laughs> Don't just burn. Instead, let's do that. No, like, no, I no, wouldn't no, have no. them... I wouldn't have them burn in sunlight because otherwise I don't think you'd even you'd risk going out even on a cloudy day. But maybe like maybe sunlight instead of sparkling actually shows them for what they are. Yeah. Or you know they you start to see that their skin is clearly dead and you start to like maybe it starts to bring. Maybe the sunlight kind of makes them look like what age they actually are. Yeah, maybe so the sunlight like so so Carlisle stands in the sun and he's just bones. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that way, but maybe maybe they decompose or they look like you know yeah, their eyes they, are really sunken in or they, they don't or have eyes. You know, like in what we do in the shadows, um, Peter downstairs, the Nosferatu looking vampire. Maybe they start to look more like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, like it starts to kind of expose <laughs> like that Nosferatu, part. or, or, or they become Peter from <laughs> they become specifically the Peter from what we do in the Peter. I am doing my dark bidding <laughs> on you, <eBay>. baby. <laughs> I love that film so much. I just don't understand why. Sparkling was seen as a big deal. 
oh, if you were look, a vampire? I, mean, I, I just, use it as that, that thing it, in the second one where it's like, I'm going to expose myself to all of Rome. I don't think the sparkling... I think the sparkling was just like the cherry on the shit sundae. It's okay. like you have vampires that aren't especially threatening. You have Edward, who's a bit of a wimp. Like there's no the, – the initial tension of Girl Falls in Love with Vampire kind of goes away when you realise he's never going to hurt her. And yeah. then the, you yeah, bring Sparkling in and suddenly it just makes them seem really non-threatening. Because, because like you could call them literally anything else now because they're not – I mean, look. Yeah, they're not really The whole vampires, thing is like how do you like, kill a vampire? Fucking any way you want to. They're made up. It, it's yeah. kind of like <laughs> – Vampires, whatever they all, we, we all, they're a make believe thing. So whatever changes Stephanie might ever made to it, it's fine. So I always kind of, because very confused, because Twilight was a film I just slept in, and I'm, I, I don't really tend to sleep in film. I try and watch any. It's a very film. boring movie too. It was just one of those films. Like if you can't invest like, in the last story, there's really nothing there. Like, so I was always wondering, why do they, Twilight, like Sparkle, like what, what was? I know people kind of bitched and moaned about it, but like as a genuine question, without oh, it's any like malice, they, explain. It's like because their bodies are really like cold, hard and cold, cold and, and hard. basically they basically got skin like diamond. Yeah, so you can't, so you can't cut them. Yeah, okay, that's they're fine. basically and made of like a cold diamond. So when the oh, light so when they're them, fighting they in like the third film and they like smash each other's heads off and stuff, it's they like shatter, breaking, they shatter oh, like kind of cool. like a Which mannequin. Is, Fine yeah. in theory. I, th- I just think like it's. I, just, I still don't know why the sparkling. Why that's an issue. Like why wouldn't you? Why would you care? If you're oh, like, oh, that bugger lug sparkling. I just think it's just. It's not that anyone really cares. I think it's just. <laughs> he just another, is that new glitter tan. It's yeah. just another reason to mock it. Like it's just ah. the kind of silly thing where it's like, and and on top of everything else, they, also they sparkle. See, right. <laughs> the, it's interesting. Like in the in the actual series itself, the only moment that any of the there's any threat of vampires being vampires isn't even in the first. Like because the evil vampires, they're not they're not that threatening. No, like at really. no point are you ever worried about them. Because Joan, I did like. I like how you've just completely fucked off superpowers. Yeah, like the fact that for some reason in this vampire family, two of them have the ability to do like. One can read the minds of everybody except for her. Oh, what? Yeah. And one of them. I can forgot see the they future. all had superpowers. No, 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 no. That's it. Wait, Only it, two of them have powers. Edward has superpowers, and is Alice, Alice can Alice see the future. Can see the future. Mm. Yeah, no, fuck mm. that. And um, and uh, I almost said Channing Tatum, but that's not who I mean. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I don't know how to who she is. <laughs> who girl, she is? The girl. The Dakota Fanning. <laughs> oh, yep. How yeah, do yeah. you mix those up? <laughs> the names are kind of not the same. <laughs> not at all the Dakota same. Dakota Fanning, Channing. Oh, Fanning and Channing. Uh, I can, I can uh, see, I, I guess. Dakota, Dakota, <laughs> um, Dakota Fanning and uh, Jamie Campbell Bow also have superpowers. Yeah, that's right. Because she can also read minds and he can like cripple people by touching them. Like that's kind of look, I'm all for vampires having superpowers. That's great. But like not just two and no explanation as yeah. to why. Yeah. Oh, but like that would mean that humans have superpowers or something like that. So if we get like again, we mash mutants with vampires. Yeah. Sick times. Um yeah, let's cut there. Look, I mean the thing is I just I just want vampires to be scary. Like yeah. I think if you're gonna do vampires, they've got to be scary. Yeah. Like Dracula is scary because he well he has psychic powers, and that's kind of what makes him so insidious. You know, Tom, you and I have spoken before about the Passage trilogy by Justin Cronin, which yes. you should read. It's amazing. Everyone, it's the best, the best vampire. Reader. Oh, it makes series vampires ever. scary again. And the vampires in that series are legitimately terrifying because mm. they have basically, um, for those listening who don't know it, um, the very very simple premise is. <laughs> 
it, this is the most simplified version I can possibly give because it's a very complex, big series. Um, 12 death row inmates get taken by a government experiment and get injected with a virus a virus that's taken from the Bolivian jungle, which basically is the uh, origin of the vampire myth, I guess. And they get out because this virus turns them into these monsters. So the vampires in this series are not sexy. They're big kind of hulking translucent creatures and these 12 they call them virals these 12 master virals escape from containment and then it covers like hundreds of years as like it follows the fall of humanity way into the future and the little pocket surviving and it goes way way beyond and basically these 12 master virals you're imagining the 12 worst death row inmates in the world have these psychic powers and every person they bite who in turn will bite someone else becomes a familiar of theirs is controlled by them and on top of that they're not only the hive mind, on top of that, they have the ability to kind of get into people's heads. So, like, in the first book, the first time jump is, like, 100 years later, and it's, like, this small community, and Giles Babcock, who's, like, the worst of the 12, and, like, the best with his psychic powers, spends, like, starts getting into the heads of the people inside the community and kind of turning them against each other mm-hmm. and giving them these really fucked up dreams. And it's really creepy and really insidious and really gets under your skin because you're watching, like, these normal people get slowly driven mad and turned into monsters by him so that he can weaken the defences of this community. And because get they're, his... they're completely safe where they are. He can't get yeah. to them physically. So he just so he gets to them mentally. And it's it's chilling. Hmm. And it's like the, that whole series is legitimately makes vampires scary again. Right. Like you read them and they are threatening and they are scary and they are fucked up and they are mysterious. Like, and it does this really great job of keeping, like Giles Babcock doesn't even appear until the end of the first book, yep. but his presence is so heavily felt. And then you have the, um, before the 12, you have the master, the, the patient zero, Timothy Fanning, who is like the kind of big bad of, well, not sort of like he's the, originator of the virus mm. and he wasn't a death row inmate he was a scientist in bolivia and you know all through the first two books that he is out there somewhere and while the first two books they deal with the 12 and that's kind of the main concern you sort of know okay. in the back of your head that patient zero who is the originator is out there somewhere and in the third book he kind of becomes the main focus and you actually meet him and find out what's going on and it's this his story is chilling like, you right. read it, and it's so different to what you expect. And it not only exceeds your expectations of what you think he's going to be, but subverts them as well. And it does this great thing of actually burying him in mystery and menace, but also sort of like with Dracula, you know how there's always that tendency to cast him as a romantic hero? And I think yeah. the reason we like Dracula is because we can sort of understand him and invest in him. And that's exactly what Cronin does with Timothy Fanning in The Passage. Yep. He's a character who you completely understand. Okay. But are also he's terrified in your understanding. It's right. brilliant. Like it's just it's right. read it, the passage I, I will. if you want I've good got vampire it on stuff. My iPad, I'll I'll if I I'll do it tonight. Um yes. The other thing I was gonna say, no superpowers is great. Uh werewolves question mark. Oh yes. Oh yeah, that, that werewolves part. question mark. Um yeah, I yeah, you know, um No. <laughs> honestly didn't even occur to me. Well, they don't like, actually appear I mentioned Twilight. to someone that I was doing it and they were like, Oh yeah, and what about the werewolves? Are they gonna be just as dangerous? And I was like I, um, I'll think about it later. I did. They're, not, they're not in Twilight. Like Jacob is a character in Twilight, yeah. but they don't. The vampire, the vampire, the werewolf Werewolves. stuff doesn't come into it until, until the second one. I mean, look, you can one. you can have them if you want. I mean, as long I as mean, again they're because, scary. And again, you could even have if Balor is now turning into a vampire and having a bit more like I hate who I've become, and then it's kind of like well, if you don't want to hunt humans, we can hunt something else. You know, we can hunt something that's also a monster. We can hunt werewolves. And then she could learn that one of the werewolves is a mate, Jacob, and she's like, oh, I'm conflicted. Yeah. And then you have conflict within conflict, and then maybe, like, the werewolves. And then, yeah, maybe you find out the werewolves actually just this, like, relatively peaceful community who, like, 
look after, like, you know, fight, have ways of, like, controlling themselves on full moons. Mm. And then, you know, you could have all kinds of things happen. Because, where, like, because they, their culture oh, seems well, to be more, it's more what if religiously you keep, based. You keep the Volturi as, like, the overseers of this, like, hidden supernatural world. I've, I, do you know what? I always liked them. Oh, because, like, it's Michael Sheen and Dakota Fanning oh shooting God. scenery and having a great time. My, my, that, there's, a, there's a moment in one of the films, it might be a sting. That's right. There are stings in Twilight. Oh. Right, it might right. be a sting where, like, Michael Sheen gets delivered, like, some documents by, like, a secretary and this person is just, like, shitting themselves. And he's kind of just like, yeah, thanks, I'll take that. No, stay there. And they kind of can't move. And he's like, yep, yeah, cool. And he just leaves and they're just, like, standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't go anywhere. That'd be cool. Yeah, no, why not? Like, keep them. Because um, then, like, what if, you know, you have Edward and Bella kind of hunting werewolves and Edward's like, oh, they're monsters, they're monsters. Then you find out they're not. They're like, peaceful community have, like, really strong regulations in place for the full moons. Mm-hmm. So you bring back the full moons, don't have them fucking changing at will. And then maybe something that Edward and Bella do fucks up and a whole bunch of them get out in the full moon and kind of wreak havoc, which then brings the Volturi down on them and creates this whole kind of war. And Bella's in the middle of it being like, oh, fuck, not only am I a vampire, I've fucked everything up. I've unleashed werewolves and now they're on the run. And then one of her werewolves can kill her parents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) And then then on top of this, maybe, maybe like the werewolves have like really strong regulations and stipulations which is part of their community for the full moon. Mm. But once they're out and the community's shattered, they don't have that anymore and they lose all the sense of self, the things they had in place. They are to pure animal them. now. And mm. suddenly you have like this whole chaotic thing going on. It's Bella in the middle of it being like, I have fucked up. And you know who plays the head of the werewolves? Chayton from Banshee. Oh, motherfucker. Yes. You are not just a pretty face, <laughs> handsome Tom. Oh, I just got really excited. Oh, my God. Just put him in more things. I can just imagine, you know, like they're fighting lots of vampires and they've killed some of the werewolves and then they come home. And is it Esme? Is that the name of Mrs. Cullen? Oh, probably. So Mrs. Something Cullen is there like and they're like, oh, the werewolves are attacking a house and they run back and they walk in there and there's the head of the werewolves just standing there just holding Esme. He's just, shh. <sighs> I mean, could you turn, like, you could almost then turn this if you're doing, like, a little saga or whatever, and you start, (laughs) fuck, Twilight Vampire Fiction, let's go there now. Is you you start each sort of book or series or film or whatever it is, is each one looking looking at a a different classic monster. So you're sort of going from, you know, this one is vampires and there's werewolves. Kind of like what True Blood did in a way. Look, I mean, um, being human did it too. True Blood... Has its flaws, but I think I've never read the books. I've only watched the show. Mm. They do vampires that are scary very well. Yeah, okay. Like there's this whole thing. At least initially, it loses it. It loses its mind a little bit later on. But the whole so Alexander Skarsgård's character, he's this charming, beautiful man that everyone's like, "Yeah, I want to have sex with you," and he's like, "Yeah, I could have sex with you or break your neck, just cause." Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's also quite old. He's a Viking, Mm -hmm. so even though there are rules in place, he often breaks them. So he's that great example of you have a, a vampire that's trying to operate under human rules and just, meh. Yeah. I only do it for lip service. Mm. But there's that, you have that general sense of fear. It's sometimes ruined by real bad southern accents. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah. They do it okay. So if that, I mean, that's like kind of that. Yeah. Like, it, look, I mean, nice I, I think there has to be menace and there has to be a legitimate risk with him. Like mm. I just, I just don't think they can feel safe like they do in the. They're, they're very cozy vampires yeah. in Twilight as it is. 
I, um, with the exception of that, the, uh, this is the other thing I was going to say ages ago. The only scene ever in Twilight where the family don't feel safe is in book two uh, or film two, where she they go around for like her birthday and she falls and like cuts her hand on a glass and the the younger younger yeah, brother and he just goes loses crazy. his mind and like jumps across the table and is like tackled by like four of them holding him down and he's just going. Have either of you guys seen Being Human? You know, British show, vampire, no, werewolf, no, no. ghost, live in a share house. Um, it's really good. That's a great it's, premise. It's great. And, it's like, and it starts out as kind of like a quirky comedy. And it's like, it's it's a really good, like, kind of, does that British thing of, like, having, like, Misfits did, kind of really playing with tropes. Like, you know, because vampires don't turn up in, like, in footage. And yeah. so, or in mirrors and everything. <laughs> and so there's this one bit where uh, the main character, Mitchell, who's played by Aidan Turner, who is probably the best looking man in the world. Um, it's a big call. He, no, he's, he's the most handsome person there is. I, I say right. that quite comfortably. Look him up. He's very good looking. I've got quite the man crush. But um, yeah, so Mitchell has, like, right before the series started, killed one of his co-workers and turned her into a vampire because he felt so guilty about it. And Mitchell's, like, trying to live blood free. And throughout the whole first season, this girl, like, keeps... Oh, yeah, no, he's, um, he's pretty hot. Show yeah, us. no, Show I us told us. you he is. Oh, yeah. Is he in The Hobbit? Yes, he's uh, Keely in The Hobbit. He's mm. the hot dwarf. I like him less. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, anyway, being human is smoldering. But um, so basically he has this whole like thing where she's constantly coming for him. Then there's this one episode where she to like she films herself fucking a guy and then killing him. So in the footage, it just looks like this naked man kind of thrusting midair and then suddenly he keels over and dies. And she sends him this DVD and Mitchell, because he's like avoiding blood and everything, gets kind of really turned on by this. And he keeps the DVD, but he's like, he's he's kind of disgusted because it's sort of his fault. He turned this girl, but at the same time, he's like, this is kind of what he, you know, it's sort of, he's, mm. he's sort of turned on by it. It's kind of fucked up. And then there's this whole subplot in this episode, which is amazing, where he, there's this little boy who lives down the road and he saves this boy from some bullies and kind of befriends this boy. And to Mitchell, it's almost like a father-son thing. And this boy doesn't have a dad and they become really close. And Mitchell, because he's like a hundred years old, is like really into sort of old movies and stuff. And he's showing the boy like some Laurel and Hardy and things like that. And they get on and they're hanging out. And Mitchell gives him one of his Laurel and Hardy DVDs, not realizing that the disc is inside it. And so the boy goes home and he puts on this DVD of this naked man kind of thrusting in midair and his mum walks in and he's like, oh, Mitchell gave me this. And then so suddenly everyone in the neighborhood becomes convinced that the people living in the house are like pedophiles. And oh perverts. my God, that's and so amazing. The like, fuck, fuck, fuck. No, this is not what happens. And it's like, it's, it's brilliant. But like what they did really well in being human was like Mitchell, who's this really likable character, constantly falls off the wagon. Like, for most of the first season, he tries not to kill people. And then, like, at the end of season two, he goes crazy and, like, kills a whole train full of people. And, like, and all this stuff. And it becomes really, like, basically what I love about being human is that as much as you like him, the whole time you know, uncompromisingly, he's a a vampire. And he's one bad day away from doing, from going nuts and, like, and killing someone. Mm. And it's, it's great because the whole time you're, like, it. As much as you like him, as much as you know, he's occasionally like quite a funny character. He's occasionally quite endearing. The whole time you're like, if one thing goes wrong, he's like he's using all his self-control to not kill and eat the people around him. And he lives with a werewolf and a ghost because he obviously won't hurt them. And then as it goes on, like it's the first season of being human is brilliant. The second one's a bit shit. The third one's amazing. After that, give up. Okay. Like, cause they changed, so, they did the misfits thing where they changed uh, it and it just, yeah, it didn't good. work anymore. Yeah. The third season's probably where you could stop with misfits too. Although the final Correct. season of misfits 
got really good again. Yeah, yeah you've, you've said, said that, that to that. me before. <laughs> I tried. Where, no, thank you. The very last one, season five. I think I tried. And I, just, I like, really enjoyed it. I, you just have a massive crush on Joe Gilgan. So. Well, doesn't everyone? Yeah. Apart from when he's in Preacher and he's a shit vampire? <sighs> I didn't think we were, I didn't think I was going to need ambush with preacher hate today. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll save it for another episode. Okay, <laughs> Sean's not here, so I thought I'm safe for being told that one of my shows that I like is awful. <laughs> I did make sense, man. I watched the first episode. and I just didn't understand it. Maybe yeah. I'm dumb. Maybe yeah, I, well, console yourself with that. Maybe no. Maybe I think it. that's a. Very good Twilight, or at least a very good <laughs> vampire fucking story. It's something that I would be in, interested in. It's something that I would love to see. And it's something that is like, yeah, let's kind of take this idea of a, a falling in love with a monster and, and actually make him a monster. Actually make him a monster. Yeah, and taking it to this yeah. kind of point. And it is very uh, uh, Hannibal and Will, but that's yeah, fine. You, do? you know you what? Do? That's hey, fine. that's fine. You asked Gabe to do a Twilight thing, and of and course it it's going to be into Hannibal. Hannibal, so yeah, <laughs> all right, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> and on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Tom. I've been Gabe. And if you guys got any strong or even not so strong opinions on the Twilight series, or are we still calling this one Twilight, Gabe? Are uh, we? Look, if I want to write it free of copyright down the line, I might change the name. <laughs> we'll call it Maybe. Dusk. Um, <laughs> Dusk. <laughs> Uh, email us in sanspantsradio at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at sanspantsradio or you can find me personally uh, at goddammitzamit at awkwardtreed at gobergmoser see you next week this show is worth at least a dollar why not donate to our patreon account follow the links on our website sanspantsradio.com hey folks i'm mark Marin from the wtf podcast and this episode is brought to you by kleenex ultra soft tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season i love the change of seasons but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather kleenex ultra soft tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin for this allergy season grab kleenex and face allergies head on Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.